And I can really feel like this coming year is going to be a wonderful year for our church, uh, our churches, all of them, covered the one in Nigeria and possibly more churches uh, aligning with our church in Nigeria as the program goes on. I really believe that with all of my heart. I think we have three churches right now that are already lined up with us to receive calls from people coming in as they watch the program, and then they will send us testimony. So it's going to be a a wonderful uh, 2014 for our church. Prepare your heart for increase. Read Isaiah 54. God says, make room. That's the paraphrase. Make room because you are about to stretch out. You are to the the west, the east. God's going to be doing a great work with our church. Amen? Now, now in line with Christmas, I'm going to go to a Christmas message. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) It's a Christmas message. Father, I just ask that you speak to us today from your word. Speak to our spirits and encourage us by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the Christmas story and uh, great, great story. And it's, it's an amazing thing when you read this, the scripture to know that the last uh, book in the Old Testament, Malachi, that was maybe 400 years before anything unusual started happening in the whole of Israel. Can you imagine that? For 400 years, no word, no, nothing from God. It's like God was silent. No angel, no prophet, nothing was happening. Because God always has an appointed time. In your life, God has an appointed time. There is a day for your showing. There's always a time with God. There's always an appointed time. And God's never in a hurry. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's planning concerning your life. And there is always a day of your manifestation. It's always that way. God may put a gift in you. And you, nobody will see the gift. Nobody can tell what God's doing in secret. But something will happen. God will bring about a situation where the things that he's been preparing you for will be manifested. And once it is manifested, everything about your life changes. God separates his people from the rest of the world. And that's what God did with Daniel. Daniel and his friends, they were chosen among the wise men of Babylon. They were just like the others, but God will separate his people. And God created a situation where the the king dreamt a dream and needed interpretation. That's when God says, now is the time, the fullness of time had come for me to separate my people from the rest of the world. And from the time Daniel gave that interpretation, the dream and all of it, his life was totally changed. So your day always comes. And, 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 and this is way, the way God does his things. Always an appointed time. And when the time for Jesus to come into the world, the, Jacob called him while praying for Judah, Shiloh, the expected one. When the time came for Shiloh to come into the world, things began to happen. Angels start showing up. And what I want to do today is to take from 
the Christmas story, Words of Life. Because it's, it's such a beautiful story. But there are certain things that are spoken that jumps out at you. It's pretty loud. And I want to take those things and begin to share with you from God's word. The first thing that happened was an angel appeared to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, whose wife Elizabeth was barren. And both of them were from the lineage of Aaron. And by the way, Aaron's wife was also Elizabeth, if you translate it from the, the Old Testament. But God appeared to Zechariah because Zechariah was fulfilling his duty in the house of God, offering prayers, offering incense to God. And the angel Gabriel showed up and started speaking to him. And that was the first time anyone has seen anything supernatural for 400 years. It's interesting also to know that the last prophet that had an encounter with an angel was Zacharias in the Old Testament. And here we have Zacharias again. He had this encounter with the angel. And the angel told him, your prayers have been heard. God has answered your prayer. And your wife has been barren and know she's old, but she's going to conceive and she's going to have a son. And it's an amazing thing. God says, I'll take over that child. I'm going to name that child. Amen? It was the father's job to name the child. But this is an unusual child. God says, no, you don't have the right. I'm telling you, but I'm taking that child. That's mine. His name is going to be John. God named him. Which means gracious, John. Now, Zachariah was really frightened by this and decided he, he, was, he, was, he was not going to accept this message. And he says in Luke chapter 1, verse 18, he said, Zachariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man. As if he's going to tell God something that he didn't know. God already knew he was old, okay? I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. He introduced himself. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring these glad tidings. But behold, you will be made, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. First lesson. When you are standing before God, let your words be few. Let your words be few. He wanted a sign. He got one instantly. The angel said, you're not going to talk from now. The way you're talking right now, if I let you speak, you're going to talk yourself out of this miracle. And many of us are doing that to ourselves because of unbelief. Looking at the circumstances in your life, the situation, looking at your own self and your resources. But what God is saying, Gabriel is saying, I stand in the presence of God. 
And do you know what? God says you have angels that are representing you in heaven, standing and looking at the face of your father. Jesus told us that. Jesus told us that. I stand in the presence of God and I'm bringing this message to you. And he says, I'm not going to let you speak. Because many times we are saying things that are contrary to what God says in his word. And we are really doing harm, great harm to ourselves. We are destroying our own destiny with our mouth. When something, when God says something, and your natural circumstance or circumstances in your life contradict what God's saying, both of them cannot be the truth. You have to decide where you want to stand. And it's best for you to stand with the truth. So, the angel said, I'm not going to let you speak until the time they say is fulfilled. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 2, it says, do not be rash with your mouth. In other words, just, just, just don't keep speaking. Especially negative things. Don't, don't do that. Don't do, you may feel it, but please don't say those things. Especially when they contradict God's word, don't say them. You can feel them, but you don't have to express them. Because once you express them, you've set things in motion. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. The Bible tells us that. You were created in the image of God. God does everything he does through words, speaking. And you are made in his image. So watch the things that you say about yourself, your children, your circumstance. Make sure the words that you say, they are, don't contradict the words of God. Don't be rash with your, your mouth. And let your heart, and let not your heart order anything hastily before God. Don't just speak, especially when you are in the presence of God. You know what that tells me? Every time you come, into, you come into God's presence, your words matter. Every time you say a word in prayer, he is listening very well. That's what he's saying. You have to watch what you say before him. Not even with your mouth, with your heart, he says. And let your heart order let not your heart order anything hastily before God. And that's what Zachariah did. He wanted a sign. He got it. He got it. He says, God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Everything that you say is so important, especially when it comes to the things of God. It's so, so crucial. And I think that's how God warned us. We should be careful about the things that we say. Your mouth can destroy your destiny. And Jesus tells us that in Matthew 12, verse 36 to 37. He says, but I say to you. Now, you have to watch this. Every time Jesus, I don't speak this way. I don't say, well, I'm saying to you. I just tell you what I want to say, right? But when Jesus says, truly, uh, truly, I'm saying this to you, that's a law. That's a spiritual law. If you go against it, it's as good as the law of gravity. Once it comes out of his mouth, he's telling you spiritual truth. 
that affects everything in life. And so when he says, I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Why would you give account of something? Well, I'm just kidding. Well, God doesn't see it that way. You'll give account of it because it's doing something either to you or to somebody is doing something that God disagrees with. So the words that come from your mouth must be acceptable to him. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to our God. That's what it should be. That should be our prayer. Number two, divine words accepted means mission accomplished. When God gives you a word, especially by way of revelation, that thing is going to be fulfilled. You know, many times I wonder when you read the scriptures, why was God going to Zachariah to tell him what he was about to do? He's God, and this man serves him, right? Is there any need to go to Zachariah? Just do what you want to do, right? But he had to go to Zachariah. Why would God go to Mary and send an angel from heaven to go to Mary to tell Mary what he was about to do? He's God Almighty. Does God need our permission to do what he wants to do? Yes. That's the truth. I'm going to explain that to you. God doesn't do anything outside of us. This God Almighty, to whom all things are impossible, does his things through his words. Nothing is impossible to God. If God experiences any kind of impossibility, it's as a result of man's unbelief. That's the truth. Jesus went into Nazareth, you remember that? And he says he could not do many signs in Nazareth. Why? Because of their unbelief. That's the only possibility God has. What's happening inside of me? When I'm willing to accept God's word, when I want to believe it, when it's spoken to me. And God, of the preaching of the word of God, God sending an angel, God doing all of those, is to get you to a place where you can accept what is being spoken. Because once you accept what is spoken, mission is accomplished. Because the word of God is seed. The word of God is seed, and God needs the seed planted in somebody's heart. So when you don't receive it wholeheartedly, the soil is not good enough. It's not going to bear fruit. But when you accept it wholeheartedly, your heart is good. That's what Jesus called good ground. It brings up fruit. So all God wants, God cannot do anything apart from his word. So his problem is to persuade you to get to the place where you are willing to accept everything that is saying with all of your heart against what you know in your natural head and your natural mind. Once that is accepted and God sees it, mission accomplished. Because that thing is going to be done. Let me read the scripture to you. It says in Luke chapter 1 verse 36 and 38, 
through 38. Now indeed, Elizabeth, this is Gabriel speaking to Mary. It says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. I'm sure Mary knew who the angel was talking about. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then verse 38, Mary says, Then Mary said, Behold the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mission accomplished. No more arguments. Mary wanted to know how is this going to happen. He told Mary what was going to happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and all of that. And then he added, in case you don't understand, go check your relative out. All he was doing was trying to persuade Mary to accept the word, the, the message. Can you get that? That's all he was doing. Go check your relative. It's six months now. Probably Mary had already heard that Elizabeth is pregnant. Never checked it out because how can that be? She's old. But now the angel was telling her that and in her mind, she said, oh wow, this is good news. And she says, Okay, I accept whatever you say. The angel said, mission accomplished, it's gone up to heaven. Once you receive the word, God's finished with you. Because he's going to fulfill that thing. That's the second thing that we need to know. Divine word accepted means mission accomplished. Number three. Fulfillment follows faith faithfully. Fulfillment of God's word follows faith faithfully. In other words, if you believe in the word of God, let me put it this way. God can never overlook faith. Let me say it again. God cannot, can never overlook faith. I have been around believers where they tell you that they are really believing they are trusting in God, and we all stand around and pray all these prayer warrior prayers, you know. And then after prayer, you, you go with them to a corner. That's when you really find out what they really believe. They begin to tell you stuff like, do you think, do you think, do you think? They were not in agreement. They really didn't believe. I've been there where I was struggling to believe. But if you ask me... <laughs> Uh, probably tell you what they call a white lie that I was really believing, but uh, I really wasn't. I don't really know if I'm believing. It's just the truth. Every one of us go through it. But there comes a time when they, you know in your heart that you are really believing. We say the words all the time. I, I, I'm believing. I'm believing. But you know you're struggling with unbelief in there. That's why I like the prayer of that man. I believe. Help my unbelief that's what i do for the most part when i'm trying to really believe god help me because all, all over my mind all these things happening to me you know in my mind about how to how can i really trust god but i tell you the truth once you truly believe and you are no longer double-minded that thing is going to be fulfilled many times we believe but then we're going back and forth back and forth and the bible says a double-minded man is uh, unstable in all his way. And then he added, don't, that man should not think 
he'll ever receive anything from God. So my prayer, God, please help me from being double-minded. Double-minded, why? Because I know the circumstance. I know what I'm going through. Have you been there? You know what you're going through. And you're thinking in your mind, how will God do this? Will he send this person? I got nobody. God says, that's a good thing. That's a good place to be. That's why it's going to be called a miracle. God's going to do it. So, fulfillment follows faith. Faithfulness. Always. God will always do that. Now, when Mary went and met with, uh, met with uh, Elizabeth, this is what happened. Elizabeth speaking, because the Holy Spirit came upon her as soon as Mary greeted uh, I mean, as soon as Mary greeted Elizabeth, John the Baptist heard the, the, those words. I know you can speak to your child when he's in the womb. Scientists are beginning to find out what God already knew. <laughs> that you can talk to the kids in the womb. John the Baptist heard those words and he says, my, that's my Lord's mama. <laughs> you know, and it, uh, he said, my, the baby leaped in the womb. He heard that. Jesus couldn't speak, but he was already there, seed, already there. And those words of Mary was, were, were unusual. And as soon as she spoke to her, the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth and John the Baptist also. And the Bible tells us he was baptized with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And I believe it took place on that very day, just greeting. I like to greet people and then just fill with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. But that's exactly what happened. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she started prophesying. And what she prophesied is an eternal truth. That's why I'm talking about words of life. She said this to, to Mary. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I mean, she knew Mary. But this is a different situation. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. She knew the baby was happy. And then she added, Blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So if you believe what was told you, from God, there will be a fulfillment. There will be a fulfillment, no matter what. Let me, let, let me go back again to Zechariah. You know, Zechariah was saying, uh, the angel told Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. Your wife's going to conceive. Well, the truth was, based on Zechariah's own words, I don't think he was praying for a baby at that stage. You, you, would you agree with me? I don't think he was praying for a baby at that stage. He had given up. But let me let you know this. With God, prayers are fired. Amen? In heaven. And the appointed time fired along with your prayer. <laughs> Can I hear an amen? Prayers are fired. They gave up, but they were believing God in faith. And God saw their faith. It didn't happen in the time that they wanted it. But many of us will give up before we get to the, the place. That's, your prayers are filed in heaven by God. And God has the appointed time with the fire. 
And once that day comes, it is revealed to you. So when you believe, your prayers will see its fulfillment. You know, many times we're thinking, Mary, it just happened to Mary. I don't believe that. I believe that Mary, just like every other girl, they knew that Messiah was coming. Read Malachi. They were already talking about Messiah coming in Malachi. They talked about it frequently among themselves. Everyone was talking about it. And I'm sure they knew it was going to come from a girl. Every girl wanted to be. And I'm sure Mary was really into it. I believe she was. Into this Messiah coming. Is it time? Could I be that one? And so she readily received the message. But once you believe the message, just like she believed, there's always going to be a fulfillment. So fulfillment faithfully will follow your faith. In God. Fourth thing is Christ's birth means freedom to serve God. His coming means freedom to serve God. Now, let me put it this way. Satan had to have permission from, from God to do whatever he did to Job. God granted it. God allows something or granted it. What God doesn't allow can never happen to you. Now, the point is, if God allows something to come into your life, the one that he loves, he has a unique plan behind it. You may not understand it. It may irritate you. It may frighten you. But God has a plan for it. And usually, the plan is for your promotion. It's always for a man's promotion. You can think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thinking, why did the king come up with this type of order and made this? Now God, you've put us in this situation. But it was for their promotion. Always for their promotion. In the same way, Christ's birth as allowed, granted to us the freedom to serve God and to be able to serve Him faithfully. In Luke chapter 1 from verse 74, Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, was speaking and the, the Holy Ghost had come upon him and his mouth opened and he started prophesying. And we need to take his prophecy to heart. I believe those words. And every one of us need to believe those words so that you can live a Christian life. If you believe it, the power of the words will change your life. This is what he said. That God has granted to us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. We, being delivered from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear. On Wednesday night, I made it very clear that I don't have any fear of Satan. I have no fear of his demons. I don't even, I respect what God has created, but they are not an issue to my life. I don't think about them. I don't ever pray, God, protect me from Satan. That's, that's a silly prayer. 
Satan has no power. Colossians 2 verse 15, he said, Jesus disarmed, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a show of his defeat openly. Disarm means Jesus took all his armor from him. He's got nothing to fight with. Satan has nothing to fight with. It's a lion without teeth in his mouth. He has no claws. All he can do is roar. And if you're scared of his roar, and you run. And if you run, he keeps chasing after you. But if you stop and resist him, he says, I guess he knows that I don't have any teeth in my mouth. So the Bible says, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. Why is he fleeing from you? As with terror, because he knows you found that he's got no teeth in his mouth. Amen. So God has given us freedom to serve God. We cannot be in bondage of anything unless we want to be in bondage. We cannot be. The other day I was dealing with a girl in my office who came from college station and we'll be dealing, trying to help her because she's demonized. Uh, uh, possessed and and she tells me uh, I want to ask you this question and I said okay and as she starts opening her mouth to speak the demon stops her from speaking to me and she's doing but no words come from her mouth and I tell the demon now you know you're in my presence you can't do that now you stop it let her up so she talks to me and instantly the words come out of my mouth my son who told you was watching this thing I brought him in the room I think it was a little, what's going on here? But I'm not scared of them. I give him command. And I'm trying to get the girl to get to the place where I can, she can be delivered from it. And I know what to do by the grace of God. My people perish for lack of knowledge. I don't have to fear them. I don't have to fear anything. I got no fear of anything. God has given us freedom to serve him without fear all the days of our lives. We don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of want. Because God will take care of you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God will take care of all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ. God will take care of you. He'll take care of your relationship. Jesus said, don't worry about what you want to wear. Your father loves you more than he loves the birds. He feeds them and he clothes the grass. If God clothes the grass, he'll give me something to wear. You just don't have to be afraid of anything. You just have to trust God. The problem is, most people don't really believe that there is a God. I have to tell myself, God is. And I see him with the eyes of my spirit. And because of that, I don't have any fear. I don't have any fear. I've shared this year before I was in Nigeria, and this pastor said, this man is a witch. He says he wants to be free from you, from his witchcraft. He's been a witch since he was a young man. And he says to send a message to you uh, that, that he wants the spirits cast out of him. Now, in my country, we fear witches. We fear them a lot. I mean, a witch comes in and the rest of us move out if we know. And he's, the pastor said, now I'm telling you, he's going to come to you. We need to fast and pray. I said, I'm not fasting and praying. He's a witch. He's coming to me for help. When he comes, I'll get rid of that stupid spirit. And, and when the time came, the fellow came. He said, they sent you the message. I said, yes. 
He said, I am the one. I said, really? Good. We're going to get that spirit out of you. Because he wanted to be free. And when you don't want it, they can stay. The truth. Let me let you know this. God cannot come into your life. That's God Almighty. Unless you invite him, right? God Almighty, he says, I stay at the door and knock. Many of us have been keeping him out for a long time. When would you let him in? <laughs> when? When are you going to let him in? He says, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. So God himself cannot come into your life. No demon has any right to come into a Christian's life unless you've done something to invite them. And the day you say no, he knows to go. It's up to you. Once you say no to this demon that's stealing from you, he's got to go. All you have to do is confess before your father what you've done consciously or maybe unconsciously. And ask God to forgive you and then address the demon. It's over. I'm giving you your quick notice. And it's today. You got to leave. He says, yes, sir. And he leaves. That's why I don't fear them. They can speak in my presence. If I want to ignore them, I ignore them. It's like Smith Wigglesworth, who was in his room. I think it was Marilyn Hickey was giving this testimony. And, and the devil went in his room in the night while he was sleeping and moved his bed from one corner to the other corner. And stood and was looking at him like this way. Like, see what I did to you? And Smith, who knew his God, that God has said, we are going to serve him in righteousness and holiness all the days of our lives without fear. Smith Wilson said, oh, it's you. And he says, back. Get my bed back where you got it from. And the devil put his bed back and walked away. And it's a man. In those days, I used to read it. I said, oh, how nice. I wish I could do that. Thank God, God has opened my eyes. I'm not different from Smith. Satan has no right over my life, and he has no right over your life. You can stand up and point at him and say, you stop it in the name of Jesus, because Jesus' birth has given me the freedom to serve God without fear all the days of my life. Can you say that with me? All the days of my life. No fear. No fear. No fear. God will do that for us. Number five. Oh boy. Jesus is the Savior gift from God. It says in Luke 2 verse 11, For there is born to you this day. Who is he born to? To Mary? No. To you. He's born, he's the Savior gift. He was born to be yours, to be your own person, like your family member, amen? He was born to you. Like a child, Omar was born into our family, that belongs to us. If you come in and say, that's, that's ours, give me Omar, you'll meet with a stiff resistance in our, resistance in our home uh, because he belongs to us. The same thing Jesus was born to you. That's what he says. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is called Christ, the Lord. In other words, Christ is the Lord. 
and it's yours. The one to whom nothing is impossible now is mine. And I have him to take home and to fly with everywhere I go. He's with me. When I sleep, I sleep with him. When I wake up, he's there with me. When I'm eating, he's eating with me. He's mine. Not yours, he's mine. <laughs> you can claim it if you want. You can claim it. He's mine. And he is Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. I got nothing to fear. I got the Lord all over my house. Nobody's coming after me. Amen? Six. Your future is bright. He says in Luke uh, uh, 2 verse 13 and 14, And suddenly there was with the angel, one angel that gave the message, a multitude of heavenly hosts, we always believe those were angels, but I don't really know because there are creatures in heaven. Remember? Heavenly hosts. These are armies of heaven, different ones. They, were with, they, they came praising God and saying, they are praising God, but they tell you what they were doing. How were they praising God? What do we do when we praise God? We, get, we, we use words, right? See what they were using to praise God. And how that relates to you. What were they saying? Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. And goodwill. How many want to know the will of God for you? Whatever that is, is good. <laughs> Amen? Whatever it is for your life is good. God doesn't will anybody evil. So when evil is coming to you, it's not from God. And if you recognize that it's not from God, resist it. And the Bible says, if you resist it, it will what? It will flee from you. I mean, we are all born again believers. Amen? We can do this thing. We're free. He's our Savior. Give the sixth thing. Is the future is bright. And the seventh thing is salvation is for all. Salvation is for all. It says, about Simeon, the guy that picked up Jesus, God had told him, and this is very touching for me personally, uh, because God had told the man that he will never see death until his face, until his eyes had seen Christ, the Lord, God's salvation. And so when Jesus was brought in, he immediately recognized that this was the fulfillment of the prophecy. I don't know how old this man was, but he had been there just waiting. He, may have, he could have lived up to 900 years if Jesus had tarried, but he was there just waiting. And when he saw Jesus, he picked Jesus up, and then he started speaking. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. He's going to die. But death for a believer is not truly death. Is going, is departing this world in peace, into glory. And he was happy. He says, Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. So Jesus is your salvation and he's been given to you. Salvation 
from every trouble. He will save you from every trouble. Every and any trouble that Satan can bring into your life. It says, this salvation which you have prepared before the face of all people. A light to bring revelation to Gentiles. And the glory of your people Israel. So, Jesus is that salvation. And us as Gentiles, this was for us. That we can become part of God's family. Very, very important. So that when we depart, we depart in peace. Because even us Gentiles, our eyes can actually behold the salvation of God. And so that when you depart this world, you depart this world in peace. But you have to see the Savior with your own eyes. Your spiritual eyes. Amen. Bow your head with me this morning. It's always important at this time of the year. What time is better than the time that we have right now for a person to totally say, God, I need you in my life totally. You can do that today by inviting Jesus, the Savior, into your life so that you can own Jesus yourself as your personal Savior, your own Savior, to save you from all the troubles of life. They will keep coming, but you will never be alone by yourself because he will be with you. Just by the, uh, by, by the region of your hand, just indicate this morning that you need Jesus to be into your li- in your life. Possibly you knew Jesus before, but you're not living the life for Jesus. But you want to come back home. You want to know him. And I'm speaking to you as well. You're here this morning by raising your hands. You let Jesus know that you want him in your life. At the count of three, why don't you raise your hand? And I'm going to pray a prayer for you that God will hear from heaven and truly bless you. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. Father God, I thank you. You all pray with me. And everyone, even if you didn't raise your hand, but you want Jesus in your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me and mean it from your heart, okay? Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus into my world to be the Savior of my life. Jesus, I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayers and for coming into my heart. Help me, God, to live a life that's pleasing to you. Change my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You have the connection card with you. That's how we know you were here this morning. But if you made that prayer or you rededicated your life, take your connection card. There's a portion of the connection card where it says, My Decision. As we take the offering, please go ahead and fill that out. Fill your name out. Tell me what you did this morning so I can have a record of that. And I'll be praying for you so that God will make a difference in your life. We're going to be receiving our